Hey everybody, this is Jacob, Jake, and Liz. You're listening to CITR Sports, broadcasting from the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. This is CITR 101.9, and you're listening to Thunderbird Eye. Always keep you up to date with the latest sports news, standings, and stories. We, that Earlier this week, the UBC Thunderbirds were able to come back and score a miraculous goal against the McEwen Griffins to take the eventual win. Both soccer teams now are doing very well. Men's soccer is sitting at 8-3-1 on the season, and women are at 9-4. Jake will be touching more on soccer shortly. But first, I do have to talk about homecoming game. I didn't go, guys, and I feel so bad because I'm a hypocrite because I preached it on the show last week, and then school happened, and I had some assignments to do. So I wasn't there, but it was a great game, one that the Thunderbirds ended up dropping later on. Um, but even though I feel like a phony, I just I had to bring it up because I feel like CITR sports is authentic. And yeah, we we preach authenticity. And when we fail, we acknowledge it. I think we'll be able to forgive you. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, thank you. And with that off my chest, um, well, let's jump into what happened around UBC sports. Men's basketball traveled down to the States to pick up a win in an exhibition game against Seattle. We had UBC alumna Hillary Jansen and Kristen Kitt who rode their way and actually grabbed medals at world championships. UBC women's rugby, their winning streak snapped after a tough, lo- tough loss to the Calgary Dinos, but the men's side was able to grab a win against Mariloma RC. UBC golf kept up their strong standings, not quite first place finish this week, um, but last week they were awarded two different Red Lion Golfer of the Week awards. And for the second week, that was for the second week in a row, men's hockey claimed its second consecutive Captain's Cup title. And women's, however, did have a rough game <laughs> down in, in Minnesota. It wasn't quite the, you know, continuation of the early season success. And homecoming, the T-Birds dropped what was a heck of a game uh, against the Dinos here. And it was a bit disappointing. But they survived to tell the tale, and they're going to try and keep pushing on next week. Definitely a lot to get through today, starting off with soccer, which is going very well for both the men's and women's side. The women's team closed the gap on first place this past weekend, blanking both their opponents on route to a perfect 2-0 week. On Friday, they bounced back from their loss to Calgary the previous week, beating UBC Okanagan 2-0. Michelle Jang scored to put the Thunderbirds up one just 25 minutes in before Danielle Steer notched his second off a corner in the 62nd. And it was a pretty solid all-around performance, honestly, they outshot the Heat 12-5, to and there were six corners, just compared to the two of UBCO. Yeah, and unfortunately, the Heat had only one shot on target the whole match, which is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, quite the impressive defensive performance, which has become the norm recently for the women's team. And on Saturday, they won up themselves from that 2-0 win and scored a 3-0 win against Thompson Rivers. Steer and Jang both scored again, while first-year midfielder Melissa Bustos recorded her first goal as a Thunderbird. And it was again Steer who led the way for the T-Birds here. She grabbed that goal and two assists in this one. She was actually the Canada West leader now in goals and assists with six and five respectively. And she's the only player in the top five of both categories in the entire division. Yeah, pretty crazy to have someone at the top of both goals and assists, especially if it's the same person. And she's only in her second year. It's been... Strong young talent, which leads to that really high standings mark that we've seen from the women's side so Mm -hmm. far. Yeah, she only had four goals all of last year, already got six already, and still a lot more to go. And as a whole, 
Thunderbirds, as I mentioned earlier, have been a defensive powerhouse over the last couple of weeks. They have won three of their last four matches. All three of those wins have been shutouts. They've only conceded one goal over that span, scoring nine themselves. Of course, that one goal they allowed was the only one in a one nothing loss, but still some very good uh, defensive potential shown from the team. Yeah, and up next, we have some road games against Northern BC, which is on this October 7th in the Pacific Division at 1-3-2, and Mekiwen, which is October 3rd in Pacific, in Pacific time at 4-1-1. Now, the men's side also had a great weekend, winning both their games as well to stretch their winning streak to seven games in a row. On Friday, the offense, which has been incredible for the most part so far this year, it sputtered a bit, but the Thunderbirds ground out a one nothing win at home against Mount Royal, with Thomas Gardner scoring the only goal with a free kick. And this was actually their first game since opening day that the T-Birds didn't score multiple goals, which goes to tell you the tale of how good this <laughs> offense is. They mm-hmm. did, however, put up a clean sheet defensively, which was their fourth of the season, so it's, again, both sides, this time for the men's side, the entire squad, and of course Steer, again, going back to the women's side, mm-hmm. just a single-handed beast. Kind of like Jasmine uh, Dunda of last year. Yeah, th- yeah it was yeah. Dunda. She was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, as opposed to having someone like Steer, the men's set are really, they're doing it, the whole team. They've got, I believe it's 20 goals already this season, which is wow. five or six more than the next closest team, and they've got the best defensive record as well. They've just been, they look like they're national title contenders, like not just Canada West, like I'm After sure. outdoing themselves respectively last year as well, they ended up finishing mm-hmm. fourth, I believe, um, for the national championships. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those were crazy games. I was more like thrillers, four three, extra time, more of an underdog story. But this team seems like it could march like uh, triumphantly all the way. And Saturday they rolled again, beating McEwen three to one. There was an early scare when McEwen's Everett or Orgnero scored just six minutes into the game, but after Mackenzie Cole tied it in the 35th, Gardner again and Caleb Clark scored in the second half to seal the win. And Gardner, looking like a real threat from the corner, uh, or rather free kick, excuse me, uh, he's looking like specialist in that role for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is in addition to the one he scored against UBCO just a few weeks ago. Yep, free kicks in back-to-back games and another one earlier in the season. That's three of his four goals from a dead ball. And Clark scored again. He's his, That was his seventh of the season, tied for first in Canada West. And as I mentioned, the team as a whole, 20 goals for and four against in eight games, which is pretty insane. Yeah, and up next we have... Um, back-to-back home games against Northern BC was the first on Friday evening, followed by a rare Sunday afternoon game on the 30th. And after that, we have some UBC rowing news. The UBC alumni Hillary Jensen and Kristen Kitt, and Kristen Kitt, sorry, represented the Canadian women's rowing team and helped bring home with medals at the 2018 World Rowing Championship. And as a school, UBC has developed so many national-level athletes, mm-hmm. Olympians that are really almost countless at a certain point. It's, it's outstanding that we normalize it. And this is just another great example of top quality athletes uh, throughout you know, the country of Canada being produced by UBC. Jansen actually won the gold in the women's pair race a- after, or alongside rather, her partner Callie Filmer, which set a new Canadians women pair record at a world championship race. Um, they were actually also just one second short of the best time ever recorded in 2018. Yeah, and adding on to that great accomplishment from Jansen's and Filmer, Jansen's is the first UBC women's rower to win gold at the World Championships since Emma Robinson did it three years in a row in 1997 to 1999. So an absolute great showing from her. 
Yeah, and surprisingly, Kristen Kidd was not the first one, but actually the second Tibor alumni who had won the medal at the championship as Kidd helped Canadian Canada claim silver in the women's eight race. And um, here's some mass basketball news. The mass basketball team had the laid-back preseason game with the Seattle Mountaineers last weekend. They recorded an easy home win f- of 105 to 58. Which was in discrepancy on certain other <laughs> websites. <laughs> cough, cough, Seattle Mountaineers. <laughs> We're looking at you. <laughs> yeah, and finish off the opponent with like a nearly 50-point deficit. Yeah, they had some extra time to prepare for this game. They were they met up a few weeks ago. They were going to play the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, but that ended up not happening because they ended up canceling their trip to BC. And as we know, the UCSB team, uh, which is Santa Barbara, they canceled their trip because of concerns you know, air quality up here. It's fire season. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair concerns. But it re- it really seemed that the T-Birds looked crisp and in sync. They blew out the visitors by 47 points, even though the Mountaineers' website said it was only 37. Not sure. <laughs> um, but but on what that means for UBC basketball is, you know, they're keeping up momentum. It's going forward. And soon they're going to be ho- hosting the UBC Invitational where they're going to be playing Laval on October 5th and then Windsor on October 6th, looking to keep that momentum going. Yeah, and meanwhile, looking at the UBC women's basketball team continues their preseason games in Ontario next week after a disappointing performance against the U18 Chinese inter- Chinese national team. And they will look to change their fortunes for a grueling back-to-back-to-back weekend schedule, which includes Friday, September 28th with York, Saturday, 20, September 29th with UF Toronto, and Sunday, September 30th with McMaster. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a busy weekend for women's basketball. Um, men's basketball also picking up the weekend uh, after that fifth, six. I believe they have another tournament, and then they jump into season. Yeah, finally getting some games under their belt after or starting the preseason off uh, a bit slower than they wanted to with right, uh, the canceled right. games. Um, and then rugby news, which has been, I think, a favorite topic for me as of late. Women's rugby up to this week was phenomenal and something that we didn't see from them or UBC really hasn't seen from them for quite a few years. Um, This game, they were playing against the Calgary Dinos. They actually had the lead and then they allowed 24 unanswered second half points and they dropped the match 36-21. It doesn't seem that close on scorecard, but up until really the second half, it was all T-Birds. Yeah, Locke Kimberly Brown gave UBC an early lead as the now 2-1 Thunderbirds opened the scoring in the seventh minute. Taja Thompson of the Dinos then answered back seven minutes later when she broke off long run into the try zone. And like I mentioned, it was 21-12 at half, um, and the front line is what provided a lot of that power during the first half performance. Yeah, it was basically a reverse of the the UBC versus uh, UVic game. That's over, right. Uh, the, uh, bi- UBC's big Where they upset. came, they staged 71st minute comeback. Yeah. Yeah, now I guess this was Calgary's big comeback for the year, coming back from down 21 to 12. Second half wasn't that bad for UBC for the first 15 minutes. A lot of energy, but again, Taja Thompson broke off another long run, dove into the corner of the try zone to give her team the momentum. From there, the Dinos went on a roll, scored three more tries unanswered en route to the 36-21 to victory, led offensively by Thompson and third-year fly half Emma Newton both recorded two tries. Yeah, and up next, the Birds will travel to the University of Tor- Victoria to take on the Vikes for the second leg of the Legends Cup rivalry, a game which the Vikes will pretty much look to seek revenge after a 26-24 UBC win. And to rehash what the Legends Cup rivalry means, it's 
it's kind of confusing, but it's University of British Columbia's certain athletics. Mm-hmm. Only only some of them. Right. It's mostly the big ones, if yeah. if you will. Um, when they play UVic, then they get point totals for wins. And whoever owns the most point totals throughout what I believe is the season mm-hmm. um, then gets the Legends Cup at the end of it all. Yeah. I Yeah, UBC's in the lead right now, I'm pretty sure. But, of course, another r- rugby game coming up that'll... Help swing the standings. And Victoria's yeah. still ranked one, even though they dropped the game. Mm-hmm. So it'll be sure to be a good one. On the men's side of rugby, uh, their side of pitch, it was uh, they were able to bring home hardware from the Douglas L. Buzzmore M- Memorial Cup after a 26-8 win against Meloroma Rugby Club. And this men's team is one that really is a top North American product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were 17-3 and last year. They've got one loss already. They're 2-1 of the season. We'll see if they can reach uh, those heights they did last year. And uh, next up is a match on the 29th at 2.30 against West Shore RFC. On the golf side of things, UBC men's side were able to take part of the 47th annual Western Washington University Invitational, which was across the border in Bellingham, this past Monday and Tuesday. In their past two invitationals before this against North, in, at rather Northwest Christian and the College of Idaho, the Birds collectively placed first as as a men's and women's side mm. in both of them. So they were, you know, looking to take this momentum, much in part thanks to rookie Esther Lee, who in Idaho tied the Cascade Conference single-round record by recording a three-under par. She came in at 69. And also, all five UBC players finished in Idaho within the top 10. Yeah, the Thunderbirds, both men's and women's side, have been completely on fire to start the year. It's been a great way to really state their entrance in the Cascade Conference. Unfortunately, the men's were not able to uh, get all the way up to first place. They got third out of the 20 teams at the Bellingham Invitational with a total of plus six over par. It was uh, it was a bigger tournament than the ones at Idaho Northwest Christian. They had college teams all over the West Coast, but still a very strong showing from a golf team that's, again, been completely dominant at times to start the year. Andrew Harrison of the Birds had the strong showing for the men's side. He came in at one under par at the end of the three-round showcase. The other two schools that did top UBC were Chico State, which is in central northern California, and the hosts themselves, Western Washington, whose strong final day at minus three let the team clinch a relatively easy victory from them. I believe there was a seven-stroke difference between them and then the second-place Chico State. Yep, and after that, a men's golf team will travel to the Victoria Vikes and shut out on the sixth, uh, the 14th to 16th of, of October, actually. And meanwhile, the women's side, they will take part in their Western Washington University Invitational on October 8th and 9th before traveling to meet the men's side for the Victoria Vikes shutout for the following week. And we're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs, and then we'll be right back to you guys. really done with politics as usual. But then it's all about the competition. Every Vancouverite has their own story. It's the perfect time for our alternative. Vancouver's municipal election looms October 20th. Do you know who's running for city council, school board, parks board? This is a wacky municipal election and you're going to want to stay updated. Download Seeking Office. 
the newest municipal elections podcast from CITR's News Collective. Find Seeking Office on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever you download your podcasts starting July 3rd. When you join Balloon Club, we guarantee that you will be able to make a balloon poodle within the first day. Here at the UBC Ant Club, we just like to talk about ants and compare ant farms. Uh, it's really cool. Paperclip Club is all about, well, paperclips mostly. At Blah Club, you can blah blah, blah 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 blah. Explosions. There's only one club worth joining at UBC, and that's CITR 101.9 FM. We got free tickets to shows, whirly pops, professional help in all types of audio engineering, passes to festivals, crazy parties, live band swag, all types of crazy people. Our programming manager rides a motorcycle. There's freestyle rapping, Nardwar, the human serviette, the vinyl and record libraries, Discorder magazine, free studio recording, and it sure beats the hell out of Paperclip Club, which is a thing that I just made up because I work at CITR. So come check us out on the floor of the Student Union Building. We got all types of crazy shit for you to do. Or check us out online at www.citr.ca. Moving on to hockey, the women's team made their trip out to Minnesota that we talked about last week. And it was a rough one, less than ideal trip to uh, finish off the preseason. The first game, they lost 2 nothing to Minnesota State before they were absolutely demolished by the University of Minnesota as well as the Minnesota Whitecaps losing the two games 8-1 to and 5 nothing. And the first match honestly wasn't that bad. The Thunderbirds actually outshot their opponents um, at, a, at a rate of 24-20, but Minnesota State scored twice in the second period to grab that win. Yeah, not that bad, but the second and third games uh, Those were definitely much worse. worse. <laughs> yeah. But they must have known that it was they're going to be uh, the heavy underdogs, even the caliber of their opponent, University of Minnesota. They've won four of the last seven NCAA championships, while the Whitecaps are a full professional team. So they could not have scheduled a tougher uh, stretch of games, really. Yeah, and actually, if you think of that, this was actually as tough of a test as the Thunderbirds could have easily, like, possibly scheduled. And we will see how it plays out when the when they open the regular season against Lethbridge on October 5th. And, you know, coming after last season's relatively strong performance for mm-hmm. the women's side, you know, they had some key components leave from the team. But I think when you put yourself against these types of teams that are at the highest level that you could play, it's just going to set you up hopefully, for success and not bring down your spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, I imagine it doing. As long as they don't get too down on themselves after these results, then it should be a positive being able to play against and see these strategies from these super strong teams. The men's side had a uh, better weekend in terms of results as they beat SFU and Trinity Western to end their preseason on a five-game winning streak. Good to see that heading into the season. Their first match saw SFU take the lead in the second period before the Thunderbirds stormed back. Tyler Sandu and Austin Vetterell leading the team to a 4-1 win. Gotta love Tyler Sandu. And it was more the same the next night. Trinity Western took a 2-0 lead this time before UBC found a comeback again behind big performances from Colton Keller and Maxwell James, who had two goals and an assist each. And they powered UBC to a 6-2 victory. And I mentioned Sandu. He was the most consistent offensive player on this team. Put up a goal and an assist in both games, you know, doing a bit of everything out there. And then in the match against SFU, it was rather physical battle out on the ice. Thunderbirds racked up a total of 51 penalty minutes, 
reminiscent really of the women's hockey team of mm-hmm. last year. Scrappy players. And then this included three 10-minute game misconduct penalties, one which was actually given after the game had ended. Yeah, the first two misconduct penalties happened at the same time in the in the second period, and then both UBC and SFU had a player assess the misconduct after the game itself had ended, along with multiple other minor penalties. One of those kind of classic hockey games <laughs> where the refs weren't being that lenient about it. And by the end of the game, given the scoreline, I guess SFU wasn't too uh, happy with the result. The second game against Spartans, cleaner, as in less penalty minutes at least. I believe the Thunderbirds only had six, eight penalty minutes that game, which is good. And again, they I ended mean, up six, eight compared to fifty-one. <laughs> good. That's 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 a world of difference. As long as you're not getting multiple ten-minute penalties, then that's true. That, those tend to rake up quickly. Yeah, they uh, won this one. Dominant third period. They scored four goals in less than twelve minutes to pull away from Trinity Western. And these two wins meant UBC won the Captain's Cup for the second consecutive year, which is an annual preseason tournament between these three lower mainland schools. We love our hardware here at UBC. We'll take it against Victoria. We'll take it even in the form of alumna who rode to world championships. And we'll take it definitely in this type of captain's cup. Yep. The men open, they also open the regular season against Lethbridge, same as the women. But it will be this weekend. Unfortunately, it's in Alberta. So we won't be able to head to the rink to watch it on uh, September 28th and 29th. And the piece de resistance here, folks, is UBC's homecoming football game. Again, which I did not go to. But this losing streak for UBC football now has extended to three because they couldn't pull off the win at home, and it literally slipped through their fingers, guys. Mm -hmm. Literally slipping through their fingers here. They fell 28-32 to in a heartbreaker against the Dinos at home for the homecoming game. But that being said, this was a lot better than that disgusting 57 to 7 beatdown that they had at the opposing homecoming game out in calgary so i guess baby steps is the is the uh takeaway here not losing by 50 is is uh that's uh that's definitely a good first step and it wasn't a pretty night here either by any standards really rainy evening the thunderbirds actually led more or less till the end of the game and it seems to be a bit of a theme for like giving up late leads here between women's rugby and UBC football, but they gave up two crucial fourth quarter touchdowns and then they allowed Calgary to eventually hold on to that lead. They missed a pass. Oh my God. O'Connor chucked one downfield, I think with about minute 30 left mm-hmm. and it slipped through. Whose hands was that? Do you remember? It was, uh, I believe it was number 81. I can't remember his name. And it, ugh, it was terrible. I remember I wasn't live at the game, but I was watching it while I was doing my homework and it just crushed me. Mm-hmm. Like literally it was the metaphor of what a loss feels like. Yeah, it was their last drive of the game. It was their last chance. And, and, now, and now Calgary's still undefeated on the season. Yeah, and UBC's 1-3. That's a pretty ugly-looking record. It's And it sucks because you could make the case very easily that like two of those losses, that's two or three plays go the other way, and they're 3-1. And, and, and this is them being good. unable to close out games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those two crazy penalties against Regina... And then this. It's O'Connor doing too much and the other offensive players doing too little. Mm -hmm. It was a great crowd, though. Homecoming, you'd expect that. There's a surprising number of people were in the non-covered areas from what (laughs) I see on the broadcast, given just how hard it was raining. Very impressed that they managed to stay that long. Yeah, we are. We know this. (laughs) (laughs) Travel Pinto, he had a great game uh, as well as O'Connor. He had looking like Antonio Brown. 
He had 13 catches, 162 yards receiving, and converted a two-point uh, conversion, including uh, a touchdown that he uh, caught while dr- simultaneously dragging a dino with him into the end zone. A workhorse. Mm-hmm. So I guess let me rehash my statement of earlier. O'Connor doesn't have enough other offensive pieces doing work mm-hmm. for him. Pinto, of course, being one of the exceptions on this team, outstanding player. Um, Stavros cut. Ka- Castanosis. Oh my goodness, so many of these like Greek names between all these <laughs> UBC sports. Byron Katarakis. Right, exactly. Um, AKA, thankfully, he has a nickname, the Bakersfield Bandit. He took another possession from the opposing team's QB and turned it into six points for himself after a 67 yard interception return for a touchdown. And the stadium again was erupting during that mm-hmm. play. I believe that. It cut the it cut the Dinos' lead in half. I think at that point, that was when UBC made they made a comeback. Dinos were out early, and then Dinos made the final comeback. Unfortunately, and as you mentioned, O'Connor did his best, 330 yards passing, but the Dinos outscored UBC 14 to three in the fourth quarter. So just that both offense and defense wasn't there to close out the game. Unfortunately. Yep, and ironically, our very own Spencer led to make an awesome sign for the game that reads, Calgary was my safety school. <laughs> Spencer is one of the new uh, members of CITR Sports. We actually have here with us in booth today, Amit Basin. Correct me if I'm pronouncing that. That's right. Um, and, and we're really looking forward to working with them here uh, in the upcoming season. Uh, Spencer also has his own show on CITR. Go check that out. I believe it's actually just the self-titled Spencer Law 2 show. Um, and next week, the Birds will travel to Alberta to take on the, thankfully, 0-4 Golden Bears and hopefully regain a little momentum during what's now the middle of the season. Yeah, we'll have to see this, uh, if they can rebound. You'd hope that they'd be able to beat the Golden Bears. Right. I mean, it, it, it's a battle granted. to avoid bottom. Yeah. yeah. Go Birds. <laughs> Go birds, exactly. Thanks, Liz. Now, looking <laughs> at all the sports we've got on deck for this weekend, there's a lot. On Friday, women's volleyball, they open their preseason Yay. at the Battle Border Tournament in Kamloops. Women's basketball really hits, gets their preseason going in York. Uh, men's ice hockey opens to the Canada West regular season in Lethbridge. Football plays the Alberta Golden Bears. Women's- Hopefully grabbing a win. <laughs> mm-hmm. Women's soccer visits uh, Northern BC. Men's soccer hosts Northern BC. Then on Saturday, women's field hockey plays in Calgary. Men's ice hockey plays second game against Lethbridge. Uh, men's field hockey plays West Vancouver FHC in West Vancouver. Women's volleyball again. Men's rugby plays West Shore RFC at home. Women more women's volleyball in Kamloops. And then on Monday, there's women's basketball, women's field hockey. Women's soccer, they play McEwen. Oh, my God. Men's soccer, Does another UBC game Sports against Northern stop? BC. Nope. And then finally, the women's rugby rematch with the Victoria Vikes, another Legends Cup game. That's in Victoria on Monday afternoon. So as you gathered from that long list, UBC Sports are in full swing, folks. Mm-hmm. And I have more good news. I just got the okay literally about 10 minutes before I came on the show that we are going to be providing some more live coverage. We're going to be bringing you more volleyball and basketball games. And hopefully, I say this with my finger crossed, expanding into a little more baseball games come springtime. But very excited. The schedule for that, um, I'm actually still working on it. But it will be up soon. We're going to be doing mostly Friday night games. And I'm going to have Jake on with me to help me out. Um, in, In addition to Natalie Scadden, who helps for women's basketball, um, and potentially Eric as well, 
Eric's busy these days, so we're, we're going to see how it all works out. But we're getting new, new things going in the terms of live broadcasting, and I, I'm excited. You know, I expect this volleyball squad on men's and women's to be both good again. And with so many changes in, in the basketball lineups on the men's and women's side, it'll be interesting to see how they rebound, especially the men's side after losing, you know, four really key stars mm-hmm. uh, in, you know, Jalalpur, Morgan, uh, Zaharievich, and I think that was it. Uh, three yeah. stars, yeah, but three. who are all playing now uh, professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard to, it'll be, it'll be hard to uh, adjust after losing your three best players, really, but hopefully they'll be able to do it. And with that, I thank you all for tuning in to CITR 101.9. Let us know who you want interviewed and what you guys want to see us do. We're, like I said, expanding. Amit, you're here in booth with us, and we're going to try and get him. He actually helped with some of the script writing today, as did Spencer, so thanks for that. Um, But let us know what you want to see us do on Twitter and Facebook at CITR Sports. We're going to try and get some live video interviews for you guys with players and potentially coaches, so that's exciting. And we're, you know, trying to I think broached new topics here at CITR Sports when we're bringing it into the political realm or if we're addressing the science of sports here. And I think Spencer can help with that and hopefully some of the other new players can as well. Thank you all for listening in to CITR Sports. This has been Jacob, uh, Jake, Liz, and like I said, we have contributions from Spencer Latu and Amit Basin. Listen Wednesdays from 4.30 to 5 p.m. and have a great rest of your day.